You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Vikings postcast. Vikings win 24-16, the final score in Miami. They ascend to 5-1, and one, headed into the bye week. And uh, Sam Ekstrom is here with me, as we are, after every single game, to break this down on the Locked On Vikings postcast, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find this live after the show on the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel. You can also find this on the Locked On Vikings podcast feed later. Sam, you know the question? Same one every week. What's the headline here? Are we talking defense saves the offense? That's the one for me. That's what I titled this. But is it, you know, Vikings offense was bad and they were lucky. What's the headline? I think this might be a Vikings team that just has to win ugly. And they're going to get credit for that. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm going to try to spin this positively. Uh, And people in the comments previous weeks, they're, they're down on Sam. Sam's too negative. Sam's nitpicking these victories. And this falls again into that same category where there are many things to nitpick. But I'm going to start out on a positive note. 2017 Vikings. We both agree, probably the best Vikings team of the last dozen years. Um, I went through their schedule. I think there's about five wins in that season that you would say that was a great win. That was a convincing, beautiful victory. It does not happen often. You don't see bills very often that just like are a death star. Right. And the, the bills could very well win the Super Bowl, and you may never get to that point. But um, a lot of great, successful Vikings teams. The 2015 team was the same way with Teddy, by the way, who we'll talk about. They won ugly yeah. and they, they kind of perfected that formula. And a lot of times, you know, the defense bailed them out like today, where the defense kind of played at that 2017 level, forced turnovers that were timely, got to the quarterback. You got big plays from your star players on defense. And that win will count fully. Uh, when you count them up yep. at the end of the season. So so that's the good news. I mean, you're playing with house money now that you got Miami in a quarterback quandary. And I'll let you talk here, here Ron, but I just, I feel bad for Teddy, no, honestly. Go, go, go. Like, T- Teddy Bridgewater continues bouncing around, and he's he's an awesome dude, resilient. I'm not sure that he just, I don't, I'm not sure he elevates the play of his teams anymore. And to get thrown in with no practice this week, Uh, put him at a further disadvantage and to see him get pounded the way he did um, after having concussion symptoms last week. It it wasn't fun to watch what Teddy uh, was today for Miami, but the Vikings will take the win. And uh, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on the matter as well. Yeah. With, with the Dolphins quarterback, I mean, we talked about Skylar Thompson so much and he gets hurt, has to leave. We have to go with Teddy and the Dolphins talked so much. Mike McDaniel talked so much over the course of this week about how important it was for them to have a game plan with the quarterback that they played all week. And to me, that is intuitive. That makes a, that made a lot of sense. There was a lot of bluster in, in Miami about why aren't they starting Teddy. To me, Skylar Thompson is such a different quarterback. I mean, he's a dual threat quarterback, and Teddy was barely that before his injury. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like he's a, a spread offense, get the ball out quick kind of quarterback, and Skylar Thompson is not. 
And so you have to like kind of what offense are you making here? What game plan are you coming in with? Uh, a dual read, run around, let's try to get some shot plays, or are you going to try to play like a conservative West Coast? You can't practice them both throughout the week. That'd be a bad idea. So pick a quarterback and go with them. And there was only one available. Totally made sense to me. And then they had to go play most of the game with a quarterback they didn't practice with all week. I think that had a huge impact on it. Uh, with regard to the defense, <laughs> 2017 levels, is, I, that's a lot for me. Because there were a lot of problems there. They can't let so much production happen over the middle. Like I'm sure there's like next gen passing st- st- charts that are just disgusting over the middle. Um, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be on record as saying that that's my, my implication just on, on this okay. given day, they, the, but they gave up 16 points, which is a good number. There are, there are problems within that. Yeah. Con- True. Continue. True. Continue. And, and part of that's the dolphins shooting themselves in the foot. That one drive, they get all the way down um, into re- close to point blank field goal range, but then penalties drop, drop them out. They end up punting mm-hmm. um, turnovers and stuff a couple of different times where they, they penalized or sacked them their own way out of field goal range, really frustrating day for that offense. And some of that's earned and some of that isn't right for, by the defense. Some of that's, you got a sack. Good job. Some of that is, well, you forced a holding penalty, right? Like the, the James Lynch holding penalty. That was James Lynch making a good play. And he would have made that tackle if he weren't held. And mm-hmm. so that holding penalty kind of is earned. So I, I think it's it's like hard. The, the defense is both feels overrated and underrated in this game. <laughs> like they, they held them to 16 points and they had 14 Miami possessions. That is so many stops that you have to make. But on the other yeah. hand, the Dolphins really moved the ball on them. And it felt like they were really getting schemed out, especially early in the game. But I think what I'm going to come away with this one, my, my hypothesis, and I'll check on this throughout the week, is that the Dolphins had a game plan the Vikings were not ready for. And how could you be? You have no idea what Skylar Thompson's going to bring. And it took them two drives. Those first two drives were a field goal and then the one that they got out of field goal range, I believe, right? Or they were... Um, the first they, they two moved Miami the ball drives? A lot. Yeah. Oh, no, they just, yeah. like, punted at midfield twice. Got sacked and you, then like, penalties. Yeah, the sack. Yeah. So, like, not getting any points out of that was huge because now you have enough information to adjust, and I think the adjustment that Donatel made, while not perfect, while they still let the Dolphins move the ball a lot, was enough to get a lot of stops, and I think Donatel deserves some credit for that. Um, But those turnovers as well, that's just dudes making plays. That's just Patrick Peterson knowing what the Dolphins are going to do and making an amazing play to bait Teddy Bridgewater into a throw he shouldn't have made. Um, then the the tipped interception is just really heads up, barely made it, but made it. Um, and then of course there was the Harrison Smith fumble that um, forced the fumble came by and picks it up. That's again, just, just playmaking, just like dudes taking the game and saying, I own this now. Yeah. I thought it was a validating day for Harrison Smith who I don't have like inside info on this. I just sense that he's probably a little frustrated and that number one, he missed some time already this season. Number two, um, he is now in this softer, you know, shell as Troy Aikman would say, he's out of so many plays uh, where he's watching a lot of guys in front of him get completions. And really all he can do is run up and try to punch the ball out. So to come up with a couple big plays today, the interception and the forced fumble, was pretty gigantic. Um, Miami's offense was dreadful for the most part in finishing drives, but how good does Tyreek Hill look the way that he can (laughs) be the, still be the star, 
177 yards, well over a third of Miami's production. Um, and he can make Tua look great. He can make Teddy look great. You know, for a period, Skylar Thompson looked great. Uh, just a player that rises above and finds ways to get open. He is a really good football player. And, you know, the difference between this and a couple of years ago when Hill just crushed the Vikings in Kansas City, they didn't let him find the end zone. They didn't really give up the home run ball to anybody today because Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. He's a singles hitter. And the Vikings knew that. Mm-hmm. And they, they did a lot of bend but not break as they've done for the last four weeks. I thought the pass rush, though, was pretty refreshing. Uh, Zedaria Smith was gassed. And oh he still God. found a way to get home. And Daniil Hunter, you know, with enough pass rush attempts, um, I still thought he was kind of minimal impact earlier in the game, but as the game wore on, he seemed to get better too. So uh, pick me up for the defensive line, Patrick Jones getting involved, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dalvin another Tomlinson, good day. yeah. Yeah, just good all-around day for that unit, which I think was a much-needed pick-me-up. Yeah, a, a huge day, and it kind of seemed like whoever was going up against Greg Little was going to be in the backfield. Greg Little had a terrible day. He may have had the worst offensive line day on that field. And that is saying something because uh, we'll flip yeah. around in a second, talk about Ed Ingram. Oof. But I think Greg Little may have had a worse day than Ed Ingram. Well, and that's another um, ugly part of this game is Little potentially being concussed in the first half. Like the video yeah. showing him a little woozy. That was a little bit uncomfortable. Right. With Miami going through their whole thing. Luckily that doesn't, that we don't have to have that be our narrative. That can be Miami's mm-hmm. thing going into this one. Cause we yeah. get to go into our by five and one two game lead in the division as the jets went into Lambeau field and beat the Packers who are going through a moment of their own. They're three and three now. Um, yeah, this is a great spot mm-hmm. to be. And as much as we can complain and nitpick and we will can't complain about the spot you're in five and one going into the bye. Vikings cover in this game. The bet, uh, the spread at bet online was uh, three ish, um, three and a half, three mm-hmm. throughout most of it. But if you want to bet stuff like that, if you see the Vikings get a two score lead and think they may blow it by chance, you can go live bet at betonline.net. Betonline is your one stop shop for all things sports betting. You can bet on the baseball playoffs, hockey starting up now, basketball getting up, uh, getting going soon as well. All sorts of sports going on. Uh, you can find all of that. Player props, live betting, like I mentioned, and all sorts of other things. It can be your personal little sports book at betonline.net, where the game starts. Um, so I, I think we can kind of walk away and say, like, the defense can walk away with its head held high. Stuff to clean up, um, mistakes over the middle. But look, enough people had a great day on the line. Enough people had a great day in the secondary that you can kind of walk away and say, yeah, we're pretty happy with where we're at and at least coming off of this game. Offensively, holy yikes. 24 points at the end, way oversells what the Vikings did. Because again, 14 possessions. I believe nine three and outs. What? Ten. Ten. <laughs> Ten. 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 Ten three and outs. Ten three and outs. And one field goal that I believe they took over in field goal range off of a turnover and then three touchdown drives. And I believe another one of those was a short field. This is, was an abysmal offensive day. Don't let the points and the yards and stuff fool you. This was an abysmal offensive day. You had the long cook touchdown, a couple of good drives, but this was a catastrophe on offense. And to get away with a win on that, I, I credit the defense. The defense saved the offense. That's why I'm saying that because that was an awful, awful offensive day. Yeah. Um, 4.7 yards per play. Horrible. 
horrible Ugh. number. Um, I think you could you could say they put together two drives. They put together two drives, and then Dalvin Cook got loose on a two-play yeah. drive. So a, credit to Cook, yeah. Cook, Cook with his only real run of the day, and that's that clinched the game. That was big. Felt yeah. good for Cook in front of his family. But two drives all day uh, that they put together. Mm-hmm. And somehow, in all of it, Justin Jefferson gets 100 yards. You look at the box score. He did? He got, got 107. <laughs> 107. A lot of it on that one go ball, which was a beautiful fade. Yeah, from, it was. Uh, Cousins. I believe that was a pre-snap read, too. So that, yeah. that was beautiful. And for Cousins, you know, you have a bad offensive day. How did the quarterback do? My instinct is that this is one, this is a game that sort of happened to him. Not necessarily a game where he made a lot of his own mistakes, but... There were mistakes, but there were a lot of communication issues, and I think that was part of it. And you could see there was a whole sequence on the broadcast of Cousins talking to Garrett Bradbury, Justin Jefferson running the wrong route, Cousins getting really frustrated. Um, It's hard to know who's at fault there. Did Cousins say something that he wasn't, like, did he say the wrong word, or did somebody hear the word that Cousins didn't say? Whatever, you just got to get that ironed out. And then they did get it ironed out, and they had a touchdown drive right after that sequence. Um, But... Yeah, it, it felt a little bit more like it was on the offensive line, specifically Ed Ingram. Um, but I think he had problems all over that interior with Bradbury and Cleveland as well. Horrible in the run. Horrific run blocking. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really bad day up front, and it really held the whole uh-huh. team hostage. Yep, no doubt. Um, the, the one sack that was right over Bradbury seemed like a communication issue at the line because Bradbury... Like I, I've seen Bradbury whiff before. That was just Bradbury not knowing that that was his guy. Um, he and Cleveland didn't look like. Well, he they were on ended the same up on page. two guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, and Cleveland. That was a weird play because Cleveland was like turned around at the snap. Yeah. He was still looking back. I don't know, waiting for oh, call. Um, probably a silent count then. Yeah, take a you, look at that wait one for on the signal. That was an interesting one. And then Ingram kind of did a Clemmings impression. That was, that was a tough rep for Ingram. Yeah, on that was a Drew Samia kind got, of day. Yeah, he got, he got pushed back pretty well there. So th- plenty to clean up. Th- and this has happened now two weeks in a row where all the stories last week were special teams is awesome. And then they were terrible. And then this week it's been the offensive line is back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know to what. Yeah. I guess not really back. They're here. They arrived. They're here, the back time. to the form of like 15 years ago. The last time, you yeah, there was a good one. Yeah, yep, the Farb <laughs> line. Um, but yeah, today they they had a rough performance. The the run game not doing anything horrible did 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 hurt. I mean, that led to a lot yeah. of three outs because they were never on schedule. Um, the third down to go average had to have been been abysmal in this game, and like it set the tone right away too. When I think the first play of the game, they gained eight, and then they got stuffed, and then. Cousins threw it high on third down. That kind of set the tone for the entire day. So, you know, again, we we leave this game. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. Still feels like they haven't played a full 60 yet. Um, and no. they could, if they keep kind of stumbling and bumbling along, they could find themselves 7-1 and one easily. Easily. Yeah, um, sure. Going into Buffalo. And that totally counts. So a two-game mm-hmm. lead and the tiebreaker. There's plenty to be excited about next Sunday. You get to watch all the the mediocre football and watch team pack. Well, you can watch the Packers lose maybe, um, and you can yeah. feel really good about about where your team is at if you're a Vikings fan. Um, so the fact that they haven't played their best football that I think gives you some encouragement. The question is, will they ever get there? Like, will they actually continue to ascend, or is this the level of play uh, that you have to expect? 
not a Super Bowl level of play right now, but it's a level of play that's been just enough to put you in prime position heading into the final 11 right. games. And, and to your point about like the consistency, right? About the offensive line having such a great day and then falling apart. And the special teams being awesome, except with the one game, they were kind of a catastrophe. Like we've seen, I'm going to take the optimistic slant on that. We have mm-hmm. seen what each unit needs to be. And just offense, defense, special teams are even at a more granular level, what each of the position rooms need to be, what each of the players need to be. Um, We have seen them all put together a game, just not at the same time. And for me, if you're going into the bye and you're Kevin O'Connell or you're a member of this coaching staff and you're going, okay, what do I need to do over this bye week to get this team to the next level? It's find what was working and figure out how to do it consistently which is a much easier problem than, oh my God, everyone's bad. What do we do about it? Right. That is a way easier problem than Drew Sami is getting his butt kicked every single day. We need to come up with a solution for this versus, Hey, Ed Ingram had a really bad day. He's had a bunch of bad days. He's also had some good days. How do we get him to do the good day more often? Yeah. That's way easier. And going into the buy again, five and one fixing problems. Patrick Peterson said it. Zimmer used to say it all the time. When you're fixing problems after a win, it's a really good spot to be. Um, it, it doesn't mean those problems don't exist. It doesn't mean we shouldn't point out those problems, but it does kind of put a context on everything where it's like, hey, yeah. they won and that rules. Let's fix this. But hey, they won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're taking advantage of a very mediocre league right now by being above average. The Vikings are above yeah. average. And that's Not a bad been ball, good. Tom Brady. That's been good enough to get them to five and one. And the schedule was kind in they met Miami when they did. I could see Miami continuing to be a very tough opponent once they get healthy again. And they lost some more guys today. Yes. But this was just the perfect time to get Miami. Uh, And it worked out in their favor. We'll see how it keeps shaking out. Um, You know, Carson Wentz might be hurt now. That's three weeks down the road. So I don't know if that makes them better or worse. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It'd be Taylor Heineke revenge game, right? (laughs) Hey, it could be, it could be pretty soon. The Vikings will face, uh, John David booty and Kyle Slaughter, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's an amazing amazing place for the Vikings to be. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. It's an amazing place for the Vikings to be. And I, I'm be, I'm like way more tempered just because I think the mood of this game was so down for so long. And then you look up and they're up 16 to three and you're like, okay, I guess they won. But the mood was so weird. And I think as time goes on and as I have a little more time to like digest it, I'm going to be a lot more excited about it. But for now, it's like, man, you can't have 10 three and outs in a game. And like, like the offense cannot, I don't think they can walk up the field with their head held high. I think the offense got bailed out. You can't have 10 three and outs in a game and say anything better than you, yeah. you won anyways. They won one more, And one more point, too. Other upsets today are quarterbacks that won. Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson, Bailey Zappi, Daniel Jones. My like, goodness. Look at look around the league. That Vikings could have been on that list. They, that could have been Teddy Bridgewater's yes. name or Skylar Thompson's Skylar name. Thompson, and it yeah. wasn't on the list in a league of parity where anything can happen right now. Minnesota dodged a bullet. They are getting a little lucky, but what do, what do they always say? Intersection of preparation and, and uh, opportunity, right? Or something like that. That's what luck is. They're getting a little lucky, but in a way you make your own luck and in a way you don't. And uh, the actual, like they got some calls, I thought today. Um, 
that kind of stuff, like some, some lucky bounces, you know, the fumble that bounces right to Cam Bynum. I think that interception was close enough where it comes down to matters of chance, how the ball happens to tip, if it goes just a little bit the other way or if it's a little bit, um, you know, faster to the ground, it's not a pick. All of that is not going to continue. But the stuff that does continue is the playmaking ability of Harrison Smith to actually dive for that ball, right? The tip drill. Um and the ability of Patrick Peterson, right, to not only get that interception, but a couple of really wily pass breakups as well on Jalen Waddell. Um, that stuff does continue, and you just need that stuff to be consistent enough where you can rely on it when the luck dries up. It still feels like the Vikings are getting better, and right now they're winning despite not quite being there yet. That rocks. So, yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you want more on all of this, you can find Sam and I on the Minnesota Football Party with Reef Son and Luke Inman Mondays and Thursdays right here on the Locked On Minnesota Sports channel or on the Locked On Minnesota Sports podcast feed. If you're listening to this, you can find Locked On Vikings coming up early Monday morning, breaking down this win in a little more detail. Of course, throughout the week, you can find all of that. Make sure you check out betonline.net. And thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out here on the Locked on Vikings postcast. For Sam Ekstrom, I am Luke Braun, and we will see you all in two weeks because the Vikings are going into a bye with a two-game lead in the NFC North. We love to see it. Bask in it, baby.